G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Good Friday. Gee, you read the historical account and it doesn't seem good at all. So was there anything good about that Good Friday? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond and welcome again to A Different Perspective as we remember what Jesus did for us on that terrible, brutal They call it Good Friday. So what's so good about Friday? Well, I guess every Friday is good. It's the day before the weekend. But not this particular Friday. It's a day when the criminal justice system broke down. A day when justice became a sham. It's a day when an ugly, angry mob demanded a lynching. A day when an innocent man was flogged to within an inch of his life and with blood pouring from his wounds and soldiers spit running down his face dragged a huge cross along a road called the Via Della Rosa to a hill they called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they nailed him to a cross, and over the next few hours, in excruciating pain, he died an agonising death. Justice? Good Friday? Not this particular day. We've all experienced bureaucratic buck-passing. You know when you have to go to the government and you need something, and you get handed from department to department to department, from official to official to official, and you end up hanging the phone or leaving the office and you get absolutely no satisfaction. <laughs> Been there, done that, got the T-shirt. But when it comes to the justice system, well, we kind of expect a lot more from the criminal justice system. We expect a fair hearing, a fair go, a, a just outcome. Jesus was betrayed by a man called Judas Iscariot, who goes and hangs himself ultimately, and he's handed over to be tried. For what? Hmm, now there's a problem. You know, he's been upsetting the religious leaders because, gee, he's been helping people, and he's been telling them what God's like, and he's been pointing out the religious hypocrisy that was floating around the system at the time. So he's got up the noses of the religious leaders, he hasn't broken any laws, but they want to get rid of him. What do they pick? Well, Jesus did put himself forth as the Messiah. A lot of prophecies in the Old Testament about the king coming back. And of course, most of Israel was waiting for a king like King David of a thousand years before to come back and kick the Romans out of Israel and give them freedom again. They had what are called by theologians Davidic expectations of a warrior king. But of course there was the Roman Emperor, the Roman Empire. And so what the religious leaders did was they trumped up some charges that said, look, this guy is putting himself forth as the new king of the Jews. He's going to overthrow the Roman Empire. He's a political threat. He wants Israel to secede. Yeah, right. Jesus is this one guy with 12 disciples. He's going to throw the Roman Empire out of Israel. Sure. And then begins a string of trials that defies explanation. First, Jesus is wheeled in front of the chief priest. They ask him, are you the Messiah? He, he doesn't answer them. So they beat him and spit on him and mock him. This is like in a church, you know, and that's what they do to him. 
And after that, they take him one peg up to the council, the Sanhedrin, which was the religious ruling body of the day. And they ask him, are you the Messiah? And he says, yes. I think, right, now we've got him. Next, they wheel him into Pontius Pilate. Now, Pontius Pilate is the Roman governor of Judea at that point in time. And Pilate has the power to decide to crucify him. No one else did. The Roman governor did. And so Pilate could have decided to crucify him. And the religious leaders accuse him. They say he's against the emperor and he doesn't want you to pay taxes. He's the king of the Jews. And shortly, Pilate discovers that Jesus comes from Galilee, which is up to the north. So he duck shoves this off because he doesn't want to deal with it to King Herod, who is like the illegitimate Jewish king up there in in Galilee. And again, the religious leaders prosecute him and and put forth all these things. Anyway, Herod says, I'm not going to decide this, so he sends him back to Pontius Pilate. And Pilate, second trial by Pilate, finds nothing against him. But there was a tradition at the Passover, and it was the Passover festival, there was a tradition where the Roman governor would let the people choose one prisoner to go free. Now, the two candidates for this were Barabbas, who was a real crook. I mean, he'd done some bad things. And Jesus, remember, no one could find anything against Jesus. And so Pilate gives the crowd, the mob, a choice. And they scream, we want Barabbas. We want Barabbas. What about Jesus, said Pontius Pilate? Crucify him. Crucify him. Now, the record shows that Pilate tried to change their minds but their minds wouldn't be changed. These are the same people who just a few days before had shouted with jubilation when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. Amazing scene. So Pontius Pilate says, I can find nothing wrong with this man. I wash my hands of it, I'll have him flogged, and then I'll hand him over to you, and you do as you please. That's exactly what happened. Just a few days before, Jesus was a superstar. Just a few days before, the crowd said, this is the Messiah. And then with the Passover festival and the religious leaders who hated him had been plotting to kill him, inciting the mob and and the violence, public opinion swung on him. These people had seen him do miracles. These people had heard him preach with power and authority and that, that ring of authenticity that only Jesus had. And yet they turned against him. And the crook, Barabbas, was redeemed. He was released. He went free. And Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus was crucified. This ugly mob mentality. You know, a few months ago, it was played in in news right around the world, in the suburb of Cronulla in Sydney, where I live. There was rioting, this ugly stuff that was whipped up by some ringleaders. It's the same sort of thing. Only... 2,000 years ago, nothing new under the sun. So they nailed him to a cross. And at the sixth hour, darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near him heard this, they said, listen, he's calling for Elijah. One man ran and filled a sponge with wine vinegar and put it on a stick and offered it to Jesus. And with a loud cry, he breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion, the soldier who stood there in front of Jesus, heard his cry and saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. What terrible injustice. Yet on the cross, Jesus took my burden of guilt and your burden of guilt. 
And he cried out a cry of love, a cry from God. Don't you realize how much I love you? And right at that point when he died, in the temple where the presence of God dwelt in the holiest of holy places, the thick curtain was torn in two. When our sin was paid for on the cross, the door was thrown open to the throne room of God, flung open the first time in history, never ever will it be closed again. A door that you and I can only walk through when we believe what happened on that cross. Was it a good Friday? Oh, it was a great Friday. Because amongst the blood and the flesh of Jesus nailed to the cross, there is a personal invitation of God, an invitation to you, an invitation to me, to live our lives in God's presence from this moment forth, forever and ever and ever, surely. Surely this man was the Son of God. Hey, social media is a great way to stay connected to your friends and the world around you. And we'd like to invite you to be part of the Christianity Works community. The Christianity Works community is full of daily thoughts and devotions and inspirations. So no matter what kind of day you're having you can be encouraged. If you're on Facebook, search for the Christianity Works page and like us. When you do, you'll see some encouragement from your friends and community at Christianity Works, including free booklet downloads from time to time. But more than that, it's a library of thoughts and verses that you can share with your friends and family. So we'll be sharing God's Word together. It's a great way to share the good news of Jesus amongst all the chaos. Amen. So, like Christianity Works on Facebook, be encouraged and blessed, and share some of that with your friends as well. I pray that your heart will be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time Monday with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.